Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the amazing feedback we are receiving about our podcast and also just for the feedback around how helpful it has been for your relationship and even for you as an individual and for all of the ideas that you guys throw out at us. We have podcast topics lined up for like the next three months. It's really awesome. Yeah, we definitely appreciate the community that's been built around this podcast and all. You know, we've just gotten amazing ideas from people, things that they want to talk directly, specific ideas that they need help with in their relationship or their personal growth. We've been hooked up with like incredible guests. And so thank you. Please keep uh, interacting with us. Please keep sending us your ideas. And we are once again very grateful for having a cool guest with an interesting perspective and just a really cool guy in general. We are interviewing today Dan Diaz. He is a speaker, he is an entrepreneur. He is a life coach. He is a husband and father. Uh, He works primarily almost exclusively with men. And, you know, I think the best thing, Dan, is just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about the work you're doing. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here. Excited to connect with you guys and talk to your audience and and, uh, just be a part of the whole show. You know, yes, I mainly work with men. The work that I do is is performance and mindset based, and you know, essentially, what I help men do is I, I help them trans help them transform in the way they think, the way they feel, and the way they move. Hmm. So, a lot of the work that I do is really around the trifecta of the mind, body, and spirit, right? Heart, head, health. However, you want to look at it. But I believe that you can have as many strategies and tactics and tools, you can have them all that that are in the world to have. But if we are out of alignment Mm. with our thoughts and our beliefs, and if we're out of alignment with our heart and our soul, and if we're out of alignment in our health and in our body, uh, I don't think any of it matters. I think that ultimately we'll meet chaos at some point, regardless. And I think that the number one tool for all of us to elevate to our highest self, our highest level of relationship, our highest level of purpose and pleasure in life is to have those three things aligned, mind, body, and spirit. And that's what I think creates the highest level of performance. And that's what I do with a lot of the men that I work with. And, you know, in terms of relationships and connection, it all plays a part, you know, in that conversation of mind, body, and spirit, because with relationships, especially, you know, the communication, the ability to take ownership and take stock in yourself, as well as being able to communicate your own personal needs and and really be able to hold space for your partner. That's all things that I work on with my men that just are things that they teach us in school. Exactly. (laughs) First of all, I love the way you summarized your work because as a therapist, I'm thinking like that term cognitive dissonance. Like when we know that there's something true for ourselves, yet we keep doing these behaviors or acting in ways that does not fit that truth. And then we wonder like, why does everything constantly still feel blocked or chaotic? And so I feel like that was a really good way to to understand that fluidity of like that authentic, genuine self. Absolutely. I mean, I think a, a good launching point is, you know, I read a book years and years ago where it said, you know, we teach who we are. Mm. And I, I'm imagining that your journey to helping individuals must have involved you sort of figuring this out yourself, right? Like, can you tell us a little bit about your background and just how you got to this place where you can impart this knowledge to people? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it quickly. I have a colorful background. So I sold drugs for 17 years and was involved in a lifestyle that was dangerous and violent and, wow. you know, not in alignment with who I am today. Mm. I started when I was 12 and 13 years old and I did that for a while. And when I was entering into my thirties, I started to look around and started to feel like, I think I'm in the wrong room. And I, I think I'm, I'm not, I'm sort I'm seeing, I'm seeing the evolution and there is no evolution. It's the same people doing the same things week in and week out between the, the lifestyle, as well as just the activity, meaning like just the dealing drugs, the transporting all that stuff, as well as just the people that, I'm involved with in terms of lifestyle, partying, all this stuff. And it just started to tap at my soul. And then these little whispers started popping up. saying, I think you're doing, I think you're in the wrong place. And I think you're in the wrong room and there is no evolution here. And you clearly want more. And I did, I wanted more. So I um, stepped away from that. I started a food truck with a partner of mine, a buddy of mine back in 2012. And we launched this food truck started a legitimate business, started from scratch. Like I didn't walk away with anything spectacular from 17 years of doing drugs, lots of pain, lots of heartache, lots of lawyer fees, all kinds of stuff like that. So I started from scratch. We built out this company and we went really, we did really well with it. I mean, we got listed in Forbes magazine as the coolest food truck in America. That is so cool. Sorry. I don't mean it. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like, it was like so wild, you know, we went, we got local and national coverage on our little food truck, you know, this little 10 foot box truck out of Washington, (laughs) DC. And we built that into catering companies, brick and mortar, uh, restaurant and bar. And all the while growing in this space as a, a legitimate entrepreneur, right? Like a real right. member of society in my mind, right? Legal, legal. <laughs> legal, right? A legal, yeah, legitimate legal member of society. And um, I also had formed my business partnership from a relationship that was built from that past life. And, you know, in the, in the beginning of it, it was like, oh, like it's nothing's going to, you know, you're just like, I, we were just like, I feel like just young kids just excited to launch this really cool business, not thinking about any of what it's like to go into business with a friend, what it's like to go into business with someone that you have maybe different views with how lifestyle should be, all these things. Anyway, to wrap that quick, it just turned into a really, just turned into a really toxic relationship hmm. and okay. no one's fault. You know, the only per- only thing that I, what I take from the whole eight years is that I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't speak my voice. Like I didn't act on some of the impulses I had. And I learned from all that, you know, I learned from that in, in terms of how I go into any other relationship business-wise or, right. you know, friendship or anything. And anyway, in the middle of that, I was super stressed. I was just feeling so much weight, so much heaviness. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was waking up every morning at 4 a.m. to go to work. And I was just waking up in like thought, like in solving a problem immediately after my eyes open, like, oh, I'm already like trying to catch my breath because I got all this stuff that's going to happen. I look at my wife and I'm like, I, this is no way to live. Like, I think I'm going to like, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. So I've left this bad lifestyle behind and I've gotten into this like, so-called quote unquote healthy lifestyle, but it's just destroying me. So my wife looks at me and she's like, well, why don't you try listening to Tony Robbins? And funny, maybe I'm dating myself, but all I knew from Tony Robbins at that point, I was like, you mean that guy from Shallow Hal? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I knew. I was like, oh, the guy from Shallow Hal? And she's like, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started listening to Tony Robbins. And this is like seven years ago, I guess. Okay. And I just got hooked, right? So I, I'm, I'm up at 4 a.m. every day, typically, to get ready to leave the house around 5 to get all the restaurants going, which open. You know, all the stuff usually opens around 11. Mm-hmm. So for the first five, six hours of my day, every day, I'm just listening to Tony Robbins. And I, I buy a YouTube subscription so I don't have to listen to ads. And it's just like playing video after video. And it's just in my ear. And I'm doing all this mundane stuff. And I'm just like soaking up all this information. And then one of the things he talks about is, you know, it's not about the knowledge, but it's about the action. So I start taking action. I start doing the things that seem exciting to me that I'm listening to. And things start to change, right? It's like this this first chapter into personal development. And I'm like, wow. oh my God, like I found my new drug. Like, yeah. this was you know, like everything is amazing. <laughs> it's a healthier medicator, Dan. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's so much better. So I um I just launched full into it. And for the next two years, I changed my habits, I changed my patterns, I changed the way I run my business, I changed the way I interact with my employees, I changed the way I interact with my partner. And it's just an explosion in, in, in the best way in all areas of, of my life. And a couple of years later, it's now 2018, and I'm realizing that I'm, I'm feeling this pain again. And what I'm, what I'm starting to get the hints of from the universe is that I have reached this point of personal development inside of a container that yeah. is not a healthy container. Mm. And unless I leave this environment, if I leave my business, walk away from this partnership, like walk away from this, you know, environment that I've, I've created, you know, but that's not healthy for me. I was like, that's, that's the next step. That's what I have to do. Like, unless I do that, I'm going to cap my like level of personal development, you know, like I'm going to cap this level of growth. And I had a moment of clarity where I realized it's like, oh, you know, this whole thing I thought was my legacy, you know, like this is like my grandmother's recipes, Mm. my abuelo's ashes are sprinkled under the stove, (laughs) you know, like there's blood and sweat and tears in this business. And and it was just, it like hit me like out of nowhere, this whole thought of like, how could I ever leave? How could I ever leave? How could I ever turn my back one day, just like click. And all of a sudden it's like, your legacy is wherever you go. None of this matters. Wow. And I just like heard it and I was like, Ooh. and when that happened, I had the difficult conversation that I probably should have had years prior, but I had it when I had it in 2018 in May, I sat down with my business partner. I told him that, you know, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. We needed to figure out a solution. So a month later, I'm out of the business. People ask me all the time, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, honestly, I'm going to drop the the bag of thousand pound bag of stress and anxiety I've been carrying around. I'm going to reconnect to myself and my power. And I'm going to let the universe tell me what's next. Ooh, surrender. Yeah. And, and, you know, 99% of the people are like, well, that's not a plan. I'm like, no, it is a plan. Like it's, it's a really good plan. Yeah. And I was all in, you know, and, and I, I left and I went to my first UPW after that. And like, you know, walked across the hot burning coals and like, you know, came out of that thing like a rocket ship. But, but ultimately I, I just, I really immersed into all this personal development, all this training, all this coaching, all this mentorship that I've been absorbing for the past previous three years. I just went all in with it and people started contacting me regularly seeking advice and seeking help and seeking counsel. And it got to the point after a couple of months, I was working with like four or five different people, meeting with them weekly. And I wasn't charging anybody. I was just doing it because 
I had been working 18 hour days, eight days a week for like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just free. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like you want to, let's sit down, let's talk. You know, like I was just giving away this time and this energy because it was felt so good and I love doing it. And I had all the time in the world. It felt like, and I got uh, my NLP certification in oh. September of 2018 and leaving that I was challenged by some of the other people in that group to not leave without announcing that I was going to step forward as a coach. And that's what I did in 2018. I I announced that that was my new direction and that was where I was going to go. And like the phone blew up and like emails, you know, coming through and the pathway opened up for you, right? Yeah. Pathway opened up. And I mean, the rest is kind of history. The rest Uh is, you know, a ton of growth, a ton of expansion and, you know, a ton of really learning actually what to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is a learning process. It just kind of reminds me, did you ever read that book by uh, Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment? I don't know that one, but I do know The Untethered Soul. Oh, you have to read that uh, Surrender Experiment. He, the story somewhat reminds me of you, but he you know, he's like this engineer and professor. And then like, he was just so unhappy. And he, really, he just wanted to like be in his Volkswagen bug and meditating, but he also needed to make some money, but he kept following this thing. And he just decided to surrender and just say yes to whatever the universe starts to offer. And now it, it's a really cool story, Dan. Oh man. All right. I'm, I'm like literally opening up my book while you're saying this. <laughs> the now. surrender experiment. Well, it's, it sounds like, I mean, what I heard in, in your story was transformation like a couple of significant transformations, transformation, and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of bravery. I mean, is that, or a lot of bravery, is, of is that, is that the work, you know, again, the back to that, we teach who we are is, is, is that the work you do with men? Yes. You brought it perfectly full circle. So I have three mega stories of transformation I consider in my life, at least that I look at. And one of them is my transformation from like the life of drugs to the life without drugs. Mm-hmm my transformation from being into this business that wasn't serving me, being consumed by business or job or however you look at it to transforming into being a coach, transforming into trusting myself, being on my own, this next level of who I am. And then I would say the third and final transformation we didn't talk about was my physical transformation. So I had back issues for years, unchecked, herniated disc problems, just unchecked, you know, and just kind of working out in the, uh, in the seesaw plan, like work out for three months, get injured, leave for two months, go back, work out Mm -hmm. for three months, back flares up, leave for two months. And this went on for 10, 12 years, 2019. I had our our first son was born and it hit a Zenith. I hit a wall Mm -hmm. and my, my pelvic tilted and it locked and my spine twisted at the bottom and it compacted all these nerves. And you know, for six months, the end of 2019, I was on and off of the ground for about 90 days where 90 days were spent just laying on the ground wow. on a hard surface, trying to watch get the inflammation to drop out. And that was the point where it was the cracking, splitting open, like, okay, I will do whatever it takes. I will abandon all pride. I will abandon all concepts of what I need to do to get my body strong. I am an open book. I'm listening and I'll do whatever it takes. And I partnered up with the right people. I started doing the right exercises and the right training to get all of my muscles firing back again to relieve the pain. And then I committed to doing a mountain run with a friend of mine, never ran my whole life. 
<laughs> except for gym class. You know, I was a collegiate athlete, but football and, you know, that's sprints. So I commit to doing this run because I think it's a really cool thing watching people trail run. I just thought it was so cool. I always felt like a, like a lame when I'm walking and someone just runs by me and like takes off into the woods. I'm like, damn, that person's so cool. Uh, <laughs> I want to be like them. Yeah. Right. So I was like, so that was it. I was like, I'm going to do this. And then like, that was like this commitment that I made to like, okay, I'm going to keep the focus, keep healing my body. I'm going to put something on the map. And that summer I thought it was going to be like a seven, eight mile run ended up being a 21 mile run across Glacier National Park. In Montana. Oh, yes. And it changed my life. It radically transformed the wiring of my brain to what was possible. And, and I was, I've always been a, a limitless kind of guy. Like I've always been like, Oh, if you, if you, that's what you want to do, you could totally do it. You know, like that's, that's how I've always been, but like I unlocked something even further and it was this connection and it just anchored in. And, and that is what I would say is my third transformation. That's really probably the biggest staple in my coaching now, because I do help men with the way that they think and their belief systems. I help them open up their hearts and, and feel and, and listen to like the callings and the whispers of the soul and our intuition. And I also help them reconnect to their body, but using this like trifecta, like what I have found in this ultra running and, and mountain marathoning is it's, it's a medicine for me. It's a medicine, just like ayahuasca is for a lot of people mm-hmm. where it unlocks things and it removes traumas and it transforms beliefs live and in person. And, and the way I describe it is, is the ultimate performance hack. I, I believe that as a, you know, a student of personal development and growth, I'm constantly taking little tokens from people, from podcasts, from books, from all these little things. And each token is like a token of courage or a token of mm-hmm. bravery or a token of resiliency or, you know, something like that. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm chasing, I'm just filling my bag up like little piece of a token at a time, you know, as just a normal daily, like life, like, Oh, I listened to this podcast. I got this little thing. I got this coach. I took this, these few coins, but when I do a run in the mountains that pushes me outside of my body, forces my spirit and my mind and my soul to take over. I get a download of all of these coins and they just anchor into my sack, right? Like they're just here forever. They're in my body. They're in my mind. There's no removing it. There's no arguing it. Like I just did something that was so intense and stressful on my body that we rewired what my body thought was possible. We rewired what my mind and my spirit thought was possible. And that is part of a lot of the part of the work that I do, because I feel that what I've noticed in this space is that a lot of men have missing their edge. I've peaked at a certain period and and now are in a, in what they consider a decline and it's blamed or it's, it's rationalized because of age or, life or responsibilities or whatever it happens to be. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, I got this now. So I don't. This this is enough. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, there's like a silent cry and sadness inside of them because they don't actually want it to be, because that's not how we're wired. They don't want to settle. They don't want to just be okay. And, and I find that a lot of people, a lot of men that I work with just haven't figured out how to fill that piece. Right. And I think that's like, just what you said earlier, Tara, like, why do we keep doing things that we know we're supposed to? And it's like, well, cause we're filling some void or filling something inside of us and we haven't figured out a better strategy to do it. 
So we've given up the creature comfort that fills the space. Exactly. So so we see, you know, a lot of people who come in and and if we're we're talking like a lot about men today. I mean, we see men who come into counseling because of their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, because because their partner has oftentimes said like, "Hey, I'm not happy," or "This isn't happening," or "They're not happy." You know, we see men come in because of what's happening in their relationship. That's why they walk into our door. What do you see on your side as a life coach? What's bringing a, a guy in through your door to work with you? Yeah, great question. And I'm going to actually do us all, me, you, Tara, and and our audience a favor. And I'm going to tie it all together too with relationships as well. So the guys are coming into my office because in my belief is that they see something in me and in my example, that is something that they feel they've been in lack of. And Mm -hmm. typically that is the level of like joy and high energy and excitement that I have on a daily basis. It's the connection that I have with my wife and or my child. Mm -hmm. And it's my ability to do these hard physical things that I've been doing where for 15 years, I never could because my back pain was so hard and like sciatic nerve pain, I feel like it's probably the most common pain amongst possibly all Americans. Like, I mean, forget outside of like depression and anxiety, like how many people are sitting at a desk all day for 10, 20 years. And it's like, ah, sciatic, I got sciatic, you know, it's just like, so I, I relate to a lot of guys with that. And, and I'd say with, with the relationship, when guys, like I have a client right now that we've been working hard in his relationship. And when he came to me, he's like, I see the things that you post about how I show up in my relationship, how I hold space for my wife, how I actually ignite more intimacy and more open communication by being aware and illuminating my own faults in the relationship. So a lot of guys are wondering, because a lot of guys that come to me, I wouldn't say are all unhappy, but there is areas of the relationship that they wish were better. Right. And typically when guys come to me, it's because something that their wife is doing. Yes. (laughs) But when they're, when we're, when we start working together, we uncover that it has nothing to do with their wife. That's such a good uncover, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So again, like to bring it all like full circle, right? Like the guys, they come to me because I think that more often men see my stuff and they're half inspired and they see it and they're like, oh, I want to do that. And the other part of them is sad in this sense of like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think I missed my window or yeah, that looks really cool, but. A little hopeless. Yeah. And there's like this reason why they can't. And I, so I think that, I think a lot of men come to me because there's like this 50, 50 spot of like, I'm kind of like inspired. I'm really inspired, but I'm also kind of like, you know, distraught and sad and thinking that I won't be able to get that. Um, And I'd say the other half of guys that come to me, they want to unlock that, that little bit of edge that they feel like they've been missing. You know, they, they feel docile. They feel they're in a mundane routine. They feel like things have been come too normalized, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, so you've used that word edge a couple of times. So help us understand that better. Cause, cause edge to me denotes like you found a barrier, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there's, there's a zone you're in that you, you can't get out of or something like, what is that? Yeah. Edge is for me when I, when I feel that like I'm pushing against, I'm riding, I'm like living on that edge. It's this mix of like risk and excitement and courage and confidence 
where you know that you're playing at like your limit of capability and, and possibility. And yet you thrive in this space and you keep pushing that edge just a little bit farther and a little bit farther. And that's what I see. Like I, when people come to me looking for their edge, it's usually a time in their life that's from the past when they felt the most confident, the most powerful, the most in control, like the most, they felt the most themselves. Yeah. They felt free. They felt strong and powerful and and loving and and connected and alive right i mean gosh alive, what you're saying, like yeah, alive, alive like you are so how do you help a person get into that place where they feel alive again yeah um so there's four p's that i have that i usually focus on with my guys and it's perspective power purpose and pleasure Ooh, and nice. it's in no particular order However, I will say that perspective is usually always number one. So always is like we dive into the mindset, right? Yeah. Because whatever has been recirculating on a daily basis prior to working with me is probably why you're working with me. <laughs> whatever has been going on in your mind over and over is like, I got to get some fucking help because <laughs> right. the show tune is getting tiring. So we go to work in the mind. So typically it's, it's you know, how do we shift the perspective how do we really anchor in and make sure that like we're seeing life through the lens that everything's happening for me. It's not happening to me. Right. Not a victim. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a period of radical ownership and responsibility, like, and, and breaking down any barrier that says, you know, my wife, this, or my boss, that, or, yeah. you know, this thing is making me this, we break down all that stuff and we get it all back to ground zero and to level one, which is, it's all me. It's all my fault. It's all my creation. It's all my doing. And it's all in my control to then shift it, whatever I don't like. I mean, that's a, that's a big part of like the work we do as well is because that's empowering, right? Like shift it, it to empowerment. Yeah. Right? Is, is we do tend to, as humans, like sort of like push all the responsibility on something external of ourselves. It seems to make sense, but it also leaves us totally disempowered and, and a victim, you right. know? And if we can get yeah. people to shift that attention and bring that mirror and look inward, it's like, okay, this might be difficult. It might be painful, but I can do something about this. Yeah. And then see how it affects what's external of me. See how it affects my partner. See how it affects my kids. See how it affects my work life. Yeah, totally. And you're right. And it, it's exactly what it is. And it's, it's interesting because you, you you know you said it you hit the nail on the head like we can put the blame on somebody else and we can totally make it make sense yeah really easily oh yeah it was so easy to justify it's so easy right like we can we can rationalize we can make things have things make sense and and all that and but you're right it's like if if you're driving your car from the passenger seat you're just not you're just not taking yeah. real responsibility and control. And like, I feel like a lot of the statements that yeah. come out of our mouths that I think if we, if people in general had a higher level of awareness to hear what they're actually saying right. and then di like really rewind it, like, Oh, does that mean like that that person is in control of whether you're happy or not? Like, does it feel good mm -hmm. to know that you have no control of your own happiness? Like, uh, I think just really amplifying that level of awareness, you know, and, and perspective mindset, however you want to phrase it is it is it's, it's level one, right? It's like, yeah. we got to kick the door in real hard and it's going to be to hold this mirror up and we're going to see all your blind spots real quick. But what, like what better way than to, again, I know that couples who see EJ and I feel really safe 
with us because we've gone through it. And then we kind of created our the work we did because we had to create it for ourselves first and it worked. And so just knowing that this all came from your own struggle and then your own interventions and awareness, like that, to me, that's what is very compelling for other people. Like when, when I'm going to see a life coach who has gone through and come out this other end feeling free and the driver of their own car, it just, again, it just feels a little bit more uh, safe. Well, and, and you know, I, I think it's also when uh, it's important for people to know, like, what's the effect? Like, how does, you know, going through these changes, what what shifts? And we look through mostly the lens of relationships. So, I mean, Dan, what have you seen in your relationship, like, by embodying this, this lifestyle, by, mm. by making these shifts, by living in that edge, what then happens in your relationship? Yeah, great question. So I'll just give you a, a short story of like real live example of my relationship. One of the big mega shifts that happened. Oh, I love hearing so these. When I was uh, when I was working in the restaurants and I was working in the business, I you know I was working all day and I was frustrated most of my day. And I would come home late at night and. I would carry in this energy of being a little frustrated, right? And I gotta bring it right into the house. And my wife, I was getting really frustrated with my wife, right? Over a period of time, because what I, I felt like my wife was asking me like questions when I would come home that were so silly and like, so, and I'm just like, trust me, I'm going to walk through this whole thing. So <laughs> forgive me if I sound crude, like so stupid and like mm. such a waste of time. Like, just like I was, this is where I was in my head. Right. I was like, why is she asking me this question? Like mm. something simple that would be, you would think would be common sense, you know, like, did you see your head chef today? Like, yes, I saw my head chef, you know? And I, and I was getting frustrated with it and I was starting to like, look at my relationship. Like, what is like, you know, like, is this what my relationship is going to be like? Like, why doesn't she like actually ask me something that's important or just not, you know, or whatever. And like, I was putting all this blame on her. Right. And, and I was just letting these stories start to build up. And then this separation, this disconnection just start happening. And I finally got the lens and I got the mirror held up and I realized like, Oh shit. (laughs) My wife is just trying to connect with me, her husband, who she loves. However, I'm walking in angry. So now my wife is walking on eggshells because she doesn't want to further upset me because she loves me and she cares about me. So what happens is it's just this, she wants to connect. She doesn't know what to do. She's scared to make things worse. She's, she just wants to love me. She just wants to feel loved by me. And the thing that pops out in like this heap of like total confusion and, and like separation and almost rejection is like these silly questions. That's what came out because yeah. it was like all that was left when there's all this fear yeah. and uncertainty for her. And I just got angry with her. Instead of recognizing that my wife just wants to connect with her husband, who's been away for the last 16 hours, and she doesn't know how to do it, and she's scared. And then I was just getting angrier with her, which was making her more scared and more hurt and more separated and more dejected and more abandoned. And it was bringing out more levels of insecurity in my wife and actions that are insecure actions and things, which was something that was frustrating me in general. So it was like this whole 
experience where I got an opportunity to look at our relationship that I was becoming very frustrated with and say, holy shit, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the fucking chicken before the egg, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and really what from, yeah. you know, kind of resourcing back to what you were talking about early, you were frustrated with everything else around you. You were frustrated yeah. with the way you were living yeah. your life. But yet your relationship was the place where for some reason it was maybe most apparent. Well, Um, I think this, I think that this is one thing that I do with a lot of guys and I've seen it in myself and I see it with almost every guy I work with when there is a, a frustrating point in a man's life, whether it's his lack of discipline and like being able to reform himself, Mm. whether it's his frustration with uh, in his business or partnership or anything like that. Typically, when a man is carrying around some level of frustration and something that he believes at a deep level he can't fix right away, he's going to take out on his wife. Yeah. And it's well, because there's that underneath like little sense of failure or something. And so, and who not best to be like one of those mirrors is like the person that you're around with every day and you're the most vulnerable with or who has your heart. Right. Yeah. And, and when I say take it out on his wife, I don't mean, you no. know, like violently or anything, but like even in the sense of sideways aggression, to, even yeah. in the sense of being frustrated with a character trait that you are upset of in mm-hmm. yourself that you yep. see in your wife. Yeah. So, like an example for me in our, in our yeah. relationship, I've noticed the times where I will be frustrated with my wife's insecurities or during a moment in my past where I've been worried about my financials. So worrying about our finances and, and knowing that like, oh, I wasn't, you know, generating enough and this, you know, I wasn't making it or this and that. And then when my wife would get insecure, I would be frustrated with her insecure. Why can't you be, you know, why aren't yes. you? I, I didn't. I wouldn't say, why aren't you more confident? But like, I would be frustrated with like, with her carrying around so much insecurity and like, I mean, let's be real, right? Like how fucked up is that? And excuse my language, how wrong is that? Like you're mad at my wife because she feels insecure. And the truth was, was I was just irritable and feeling the trigger point because it was just a reflection of my own insecurity. And that's a lot of the work that I get to do with guys. and, And that's, you know, just leading things back. Like, you know, it's not about like whose fault is anything right. or like you're right or you're wrong or, you know, like do this or, you know, this or that or good or bad. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. just the awareness, right? Like my belief, and, and maybe you guys can shed a more light on this. And my belief that women are reciprocal creatures. And right. if we can put out that right energy as men and, 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 and be the leaders that we all want to be in our own household and lead in the relationship and go first and not expect our wife to say sorry first or whatever it is, you know, us yeah. go first every time yeah. we get that reciprocal effect and it really builds a strong, powerful relationship. We'll lead with kindness and love and open heartedness versus leading with frustration and anxiety and unhappiness. And I think that's, you know, what we work with a lot is that, is that men are pretty good at expressing anger, frustration, and annoyance. And, and what we do very early on is like open them up to like, okay, there's a lot of other emotions out there that that are going to be pretty useful. And actually that anger and annoyance underneath there might be sadness, fear, loneliness. And if you talk about that with your partner, they feel connected. They, they're going to feel connected <laughs> yeah. and empathetic towards you. But if all you are is annoyed and angry, yeah. they're going to get sick of it. Cause that, cause that's, those are not fun emotions, especially if those are the primary ones. And I'm, yeah. I'm always talking to 
the couples when it's a male female relationship and you know men come in with a lot of ego and pride and cuz what you're saying is like it it takes a lot to be able to look at yourself instead of do that external blame and like i just say listen it's like i kind of give him that scene of like brave heart when you're like He's got like his machete or sword or whatever. Sword. And he's like <laughs> whacking down all the weeds in front of him. It's like, it takes a brave heart to go through and really understand what is at the core of vulnerability versus pride and ego. And when I kind of try to reframe it in that way, that's like, oh, well, yeah, I want to see what that's like. Like that sounds like uh, an adventure and a journey that feels really hard too. But it's like so interesting that we think ego is what serves us and makes us strong. But when men shift into that place of vulnerability, they feel so much stronger in such a different, healthier way. Well, I think that's a that's a great segue then. So Dan, can you tell us about the work you're doing with men, you know, how they can hook up with you, what it is that you might be offering them, you know, just kind of give, give everybody out there a little bit about you and what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about it on here, but really, you know, the work that I'm doing with, with men is, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I get on calls with men, I I let them know, like, you know, I am a performance coach, but I'm not a drill sergeant Mm -hmm. and I don't take the hard nose approached when it comes to transforming a man's life. I'm a heart centered coach. I take a heart centered approach. You know, what I'm doing with the men that I work with is I'm helping them raise the standards, their standards across the board. Most guys that I work with are really good at like a few things, like maybe their business, maybe they're as a parent, maybe as a husband, right? But but if we look at like a spectrum of, let's say it's, you know, uh, their physical health, their mental health, their spiritual health, their financial health, their relational health, their skill sets, and their level of adventure and play and like mm-hmm. personal joy. Those seven areas, I'd say usually two to three are really where the power is held. And I help them raise the standards across the board. So all of those seven areas we're going to bring to the top because if something is getting left on the table, there's going to be bleeding later in the future. Right. And a lot of times the guys have found a lot of the guys I work with, they've made a lot of money, but there's a few things they've sacrificed and it's mm-hmm. their health, their relationships and their joy. Yes. I and I restore that. those three things. Right love that. Well, how do they connect with you, Dan? Like how does somebody, how sure. does somebody reach you? I am Daniel as my website. It's the best way to probably connect with me. And you can even apply to book a call on the site at peak life. Now is the name of my company. And that you can find on Instagram at peak life. Now, and you can contact me there as well yeah. uh, or on Facebook. And you got a, a lot of great lives. I've, I've definitely heard you out there. I've seen you on the trail running, you know, talking, it's super inspiring. It's fun to watch. You're right. You bring like a ton of energy. Oh. And I think it's like, it's contagious. I mean, I think I, I, I really enjoy personally, you know, checking it out. So I, you know, I, I know others will as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's yeah. a big thank you for all the work you do with so many people. Like it is very inspiring. Yeah. 
You know, thank you, Dan. I mean, it's we we talked about this for a few weeks about getting you in here, and uh, it's been a pleasure. It's fun. You're you're just like a super engaging person to to talk with. You're passionate about what you do. You live it, which is awesome. And so, you know, thank you so much, Dan. Oh, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you so much for being on our show, everybody. Listen, reach out to Dan. More joy, yes, please. Yeah, live <laughs> in that that edge. That sounds like I love I, it. I'm working to stay in that edge as well. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening. Thank you again, Dan. What a great podcast. And as always, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.